Welcome to Digital Garden State, a podcast by the New Jersey Health Information Management Systems Society. The New Jersey Chapter of HIMSS would like to thank their current 2022 corporate sponsors, Business Automation Experts, PKA Technologies, Renner Brown, and ServiceNow. Welcome to the New Jersey Health Information Management System Society podcast series, where we discuss emerging trends in healthcare technology and their impact on our industry. New Jersey HIMSS is a consortium of healthcare professionals, providers, and vendors who are committed to promoting constant improvement in the use of information technology within the healthcare industry. I'm your host, Brian Welsh, and I'm a board member and president-elect of the New Jersey HIMSS chapter, as well as the manager of clinical information systems at Hunterdon Healthcare. And today I'm joined by Pam Kleshik, IT professional and HIMSS member, and we're going to explore the topic of change management, specifically how it relates to governance. Welcome, Pam. Hi, Brian, and thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to uh, share my knowledge and experience around the governance piece of change management. Um, I've been in healthcare for, uh, dare I say, 30 plus years um, and really feel that, that, you know, given the vast experience I've had both in IT and uh, quality management, uh, I really have a good understanding of the importance of change and how it, it um, really makes a difference in the healthcare uh, realm. Wonderful. So, like I said, today's topic is change management, governance. So let's let's dive right in. Um, so the first thing I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on is I think there's a lot of different definitions of change management and and what it means to you know different organizations and different individuals. So if you could, if you could just elaborate on what um, you think change management means and uh, how it impacts an organization overall. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, I think each person's perception is different uh, when it comes to change. My personal um, thought is really around the full life cycle of issues that come up and items that come up that impact IT within a healthcare organization. And when you look at change, it is whether, you know, you're implementing something new, you're enhancing something, um, you know, you have an issue that comes up that's break fix and you need to, you know, implement a change to to correct whatever has occurred. Um, I, I think, you know, it's really about understanding what you're doing and the impact it's going to have, not just in that specific moment, but overall throughout the organization. Great. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that's important that there's uh, a number of different elements there and, you know, it it does impact uh, the whole organization, not just a component. Um, That being said, so I know change is scary for a lot of people. It's uh, difficult for some individuals as well. So um, I want to focus just on the IT department first before we get into overall organization. So with that, when you're, when you're looking at implementing a change management process, um, how do you go about getting that departmental buy-in and who are the key players in the department that uh, need to be involved? And if you could just speak to maybe it 
you know, your experience in, in that realm. Absolutely. So it's all about inclusion, right? Uh, any process that's implemented can't be done in a silo. It needs to have the right stakeholders in place. When you're talking about IT, and especially IT and healthcare, you have to take into account the application aspect. You have to take into account the infrastructure piece, um, IT security, all of these factors that come into making sure that whatever change is being implemented has the right representation to make sure that the change is going to be effective, right? So, so when you when you look to implement, it really comes down to the to the composite of the governance and who is providing input. Um, it has representation from you know your help desk, right? Most changes that occur. Part of the downfall that a lot of organizations run into is that there's no notification or information about it. And, yeah. and as time has evolved and as change management's become such a big component of, of you know, service management and, and the way that, that organizations are doing things, communicating out what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how you're doing it. Um, really has to come to the forefront. So when you look at that, it's it's about building the right players who are knowledgeable in those areas that can provide the the oversight to the changes that you're going to be proposing and putting in place. Great. So you mentioned you mentioned two things. Um, one was you know having the right stakeholders, and you mentioned you mentioned a few key players. Um, but could you maybe dive a little bit deeper in what's the best way to go about identifying those stakeholders? Do you need individuals? I know you mentioned the help desk mm -hmm. um, and some other players, but, you know, there's a lot of other areas in IT, you know, application analyst, your CIO, your directors and managers. Yep. Um, you know, do you think it's important that all of those players are involved or is it just representation maybe from leadership and representation from analysts? Um, and at what point are there too many stakeholders involved? If, if that's even, you know, it's a great question. And, and there's so many different ways to answer it because you can come from, you know, you know, if you're an analyst, you want you want your your feedback heard, right? Like you you're you're the one that's going to implement that change. So you feel as though you really need to be able to express why you think that's going to happen. However, there is there's an importance of structure in how how a change management oversight and governance is built, right? So it starts off with the buy-in at the CIO level, right? Your your chief information officer is really the one that says, you know what, this is a good approach. Put a put a change advisory board together and and make sure that the processes are followed, right? It doesn't need to necessarily, excuse me, be involved in the nooks and crannies, but he needs to always be aware of what's going on. And then it becomes a, a top down, right? So then you get the buy-in from the department directors. But at the department director level, they're not going to be able to sit in on a meeting every week to review changes, right? They're going to kind of be there that if a change doesn't go successfully, then, then you know, they need to know about it. Again, full circle communication. 
Then comes the true composite of the change management board. And that's where the governance really comes from. And it's really up to the department directors and managers to assign who they feel will be the best representative from their area to be able to review changes that come in, understand the complexity, and understand how is that change going to impact my area, right? And depending on your process, you know, there's a lot of automation going on around behind the scenes, tools that are used so that changes are known, change requests are known before they occur. So the thinking is that the representative who was, you know, selected by by the management team brings that back to their individual areas, shares that with them, and then really becomes the voice of that group. So if you kind of look at it as like, you know, we know this change is coming. It's I'm going to take it back to my application team. I'm going to share with them. This is the change they want to do. This is how they want to do it. Um, do you have questions or concerns? And then that person becomes the liaison, brings it to the board, and it gets discussed there. Um, it, because you you never want to have anybody say, well, my feedback wasn't important or I wasn't asked or, but when the change actually gets approved and truly gets reviewed at that board meeting, that board level, it's got to be a smaller group because otherwise you won't be able to make progress, right? You get stuck in the weeds with everybody having an opinion. So you do need to minimize the actual governance group, but that shouldn't minimize the the information that's coming in from your respective areas. Does that, does that make sense? It does. And I think, uh, I think that's an important element is I think for any committee or any board, you want to have that right balance of the right representatives there, but you also don't want it to be, you know, a meeting of 50 people that you just can't, you can't get your agenda completed. So I think that's, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's very great information. Um, so with the change advisory board um, and looking at membership, is it important to have representation outside of the IT realm? Or is it is it more so that change board is, like you said, the liaisons between IT internally and externally or should we have that representation across the board? So again, this is kind of an area where you really have to look at the composite of your application portfolio, right? Um, as as IT and technology becomes more ingrained in, in the delivery of services throughout healthcare organizations, the representation from non-IT departments, such as your lab, such as radiology, um, their feedback and input and participation on the change board really becomes important. Um, you know, when you think of of a change and and you know what that means, right? It's you're you've got something that needs to be modified within your environment. It's almost like an octopus, right? There's outreaching tentacles that that occur from what one individual may think. Oh, it's only affecting my area. And, and we have found historically over time that if you don't broaden the representation at a change management board, then you're really losing sight of the changes going on within the organization, with inside of your infrastructure. 
So there is absolutely a value and a need to have your strongest um, driven IT uh, associated departments. And what I mean by that is, you know, um, I'm going to use the laboratory as a perfect example. There are softwares that are used within a lab that are very specific to their department, but reaches out to all areas of a hospital, right? Your nursing floors, your outpatient labs. When the change gets made in that realm, it crosses over and affects other areas. It affects servers, it affects wireless, it affects things. So that person who is educated and knowledgeable in that specific application can't really share that information with somebody at an IT level to have it fully represented. So um, in those areas, having that person have an actual seat at the table is really important. Um, you'll also see in other cases where represents, representatives will come in as a, as a guest, so to speak, when changes are coming up in their area, they'll come, they may present it. Um, you know, it's it, it, it change management in, in IT and IT healthcare is expanded so much over the past five to 10 years because of the, the way that technology has grown. Um, and it's not necessarily that, that everyone needs to have that seat or represent representation, but the communication and knowledge and understanding needs to be there um, from, from the CEO down, right? That's why a lot of organizations have change management policies that are implemented. And those change management policies are at the organizational level. And that's really to help control changes that are going to occur in your environment, making sure that the structure's there, the governance oversight is there, and the the, the understanding and communication piece. Um, I know that was a lot of information all at once. I'm, I'm very passionate about change management. I, I you know, you, when you're, when you've been in it as long as I have, you've, you've seen it grow and you've seen the importance and, you know, I'm a firm believer that that any process that you're going to have in place really comes back to the communication and the support and buy-in from the leadership at every level. That's wonderful. And you mentioned three great topics. Um, one is how, you know, how a change has so many different tentacles and, you know, applications affect infrastructure, infrastructure affects applications, affects clinical, and we actually are going to spend um, on another podcast in this series, you know, the whole time talking about how infrastructure and applications play a role and how they interact with one another. So Excellent. it's a great, it's a great segue to that. Um, the other thing you mentioned is bringing in the clinical staff and then uh, communication and compliance. So I'm going to take each of those areas and then we'll just dive in a little bit more. Um, so the first one is, as you're bringing in clinical staff or other areas um, into the change management process, how do you go about convincing, and I don't know if that's the right word, but um, helping the clinical areas understand the importance of the process? Because I think what is sometimes seen is, you know, a change management process is just more paperwork that needs to be done. And it actually slows down or could even hinder um, a quick turnaround for workflow improvement or process improvements um, or even just new application software. So how do you go about, um, 
you know, ensuring that to the clinical staff that this is actually helping um, and it's not it's not a hindrance. So I, I think it I think there's a couple of pieces to it. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier about change being scary. And, and you know, when you when you look at cultural environments where they do have that perception of IT being a barrier or trying to slow things down really comes all about communication once again. And, and I know it seems like it's something that is minor, but being fully transparent with those clinical areas, explaining to them, you know, we're looking to give you the opportunity of proper testing, right? Nobody wants to put a change in that hasn't been properly tested to then have a system go down and you got to roll back all because the change management methodology wasn't followed, right? And so I think that, that really having that solid relationship with your department liaisons and explaining the process to them and why we're doing it having them understand that the sooner that we know that a change needs to take place, the sooner it's able to go through the review process and be implemented, it comes back to communication. And and I think after they see the, the process actually work and understand how it goes, you know, they're they're more receptive. And look, you know, things happen, right? Emergencies come up, changes need to be done on the drop of a dime. And, and so if your process is solid enough, you're going to have a policy that's built around that. You know, there are emergency changes and those emergency changes have a different approval process. Doesn't mean that you can't do the change. It means that you do what is ever in the best interest of the department in order to continue to provide the patient care and the level of care that your organization's used to but by following the process of documenting and capturing it and, and then going back and looking at those emergency changes and saying, what can we have done differently? You know, could we, could we have looked at the timing differently? So, so again, you know, I think it's really working with those clinical areas, those non it areas of, of really bringing them into the fold and being part of the process, part of the solution and, and helping to drive change in a positive manner. Perfect. And I think everything you said is important. And, uh, you know, no one likes a system downtime. So if this can prevent that, I think, you know, it's a win-win across the board, like you said. Um, you talk about communication, and I'm just wondering, when we're going about implementing um, a change management process, and then these liaisons, who really is responsible for that communication? Is that the CIO? Is that the director? Is it like you mentioned the CEO, who should be the one communicating out to the organization that um, we're going to be implementing this and that it is something that we need to follow? Um, when you're talking about implementing change management initially, it really needs to come from that CEO, senior leadership level. Um, it could be your CIO as long as it's fully supported by the CEO. But what everyone in the organization needs to know is that this isn't an IT-driven initiative. It really is an over-encompassing organizational initiative and, and making sure that everyone understands the importance, everyone understands why we're doing it, and getting that support is part of what makes it successful. And then when you get to the change notification, you really want to look at your customer care centers or your help desk or your 
you know, whoever survive, whoever provides the majority of communication, you want to streamline that so that your end users don't get confused with, with, you know, unnecessary information and what truly needs to be out there and communicated when you're doing changes. Um, you know, having a, a process in place so that people know, oh, this is coming from this area. I want to make sure I read it. It's going to, I know now that it's going to affect this a network downtimes occurring, this is when and why. So it, you know, it's all about streamlining processes, making sure that everyone's aware and, and everyone's on board. hundred percent. Couldn't, couldn't agree more. Um, so the last thing I just want to bring up, and I think it, this is an important part, um, is compliance. Hmm. So when implementing a change management process, in the beginning and even throughout, what's the best way to track compliance? How do we ensure that the IT department, but also the clinical departments are following a change management process and you know, you don't have someone going rogue and implementing outside of that process? Um, are there any analytics or um, data points that you can capture, capture or is it really just each IT liaison being responsible for tracking that compliance? It really gets down to your ability of monitoring um, when you talk about how do you know changes are occurring, right? And the compliance piece. So there's many ways to be able to do it. A lot of it is heavily on the relationships that are built between those departmental liaisons, having the open lines of communication that change is occurring. The other is knowing and being able to monitor your infrastructure and your environment and have the tools in place to be able to identify if a change has occurred that, that you can then look back at your change management calendar and say, something occurred, but we didn't know about it. Right. Um, so it becomes a it becomes a, a, a full process of, you know, knowing the changes that are coming through, getting them approved, having a calendar you can refer to, capturing the information in a in a service management tool, um, whether it be service now, fresh service. You know, there's there's a lot of tools out there that allow you to capture change management information and data. But it then goes beyond that to your to your environment and knowing when changes are happening, you know, and if they do happen and we're not aware, not to take the, you know, slap on the wrist, you did something wrong, how dare you, but to use it as a teaching moment to be able to meet with those the departments and be able to say, look, we have this great process in place for change management. Let me let me introduce you to it and, and explain why it's important and and, and you'll find when you do that, that the compliance piece becomes easy because then they're vested in it and they understand the importance. And then, you know, it, it starts to become second nature and, and people don't fear change. They then begin to welcome it. Wonderful. And I think that's, that's when you come into a great cohesive environment is when, when that shift from fear to welcoming change occurs, I think is when you really start to see some great things. Yeah, I agree. So we're coming up on the end of our time with one another, but um, is there any, you know, final thoughts that you'd like to add um, related to change management in general 
uh, governance in general, or uh, really just anything in health IT. Now, you know, I think I would just like to add, you know, this is such an important topic when, you know, changes changes all around us and and it is it affects so many different things and when you have an opportunity to put a good process in place and understand the importance of from you know especially in healthcare how everything that we do at the end of the day affects that patient and that's why we're here it's why we're doing what we do and being able to ensure that the process for round change management and implicate implementing those changes throughout the healthcare organization are so important so, I mean, I, I I really appreciate you giving me the time to share my, you know, my experience and my my knowledge in this area. And you know, I you know, if you have any additional questions, you know how to reach out to me. Yes, and I want to thank you, Pam, for uh, taking the time to to meet with me and you know be a part of this podcast and you know offer your insights to our to our community. And I think there were a lot of great points here and. Uh, you know, I think the individuals who are looking at implementing a change management process, if they don't have one already, um, have a lot of good takeaways here. And even even those individuals who may have a change management process but are looking to just, you know, make it a little bit more effective or efficient, I think there are some great takeaways here too. So I really appreciate you joining and uh, I thank you for your time. Um, oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. All right. Well, that wraps up our discussion on uh, change management governments. We hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. We look forward to our next podcast in this series on change management. Um, in the meantime, please check out all of our other podcasts for interesting information technology topics on your favorite podcast platforms. On behalf of our guests and the New Jersey Hymns chapter, we thank you for listening and have a great day.